building resilience in youth and young adults what parents can do recently a parent asked me how she can help her children build resilience her children are like 10 15 and 20 years old and one of them also struggles with mild depression nowadays everybody is feeling so much more stressed due to covid-19 and social isolation because of that but our youth and young adults are specially affected because friends are so important at this age and it has led to increased depression and anxiety for many people this woman asked me how can parents help their children especially if they are teenagers or college students so that they can build resilience to changes and challenges in life and prevent depression and manage their stress today we are going to talk about that thank you everyone for joining us today i'm sure you learned a lot in today's session i'm your host dr mili and with me is dr razina lakhani hello dr razina how are hello. you doing for those of you who are joining us for the first time i would like to tell you that dr razina has been dealing with people suffering from anxiety depression and stress for the past 20 years as a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry clinical professor and also as an author you're watching happy and healthy mind with dr razina where we share tips for your mental health this program is broadcasted live every saturday at 11 am if you're joining us live feel free to ask questions in the comments below and we'll try our best to respond to your questions If you would like to get reminders for future programs send joyful to 38470 and we'll be happy to share reminders and resource links for all those people who are joining us from outside US you can still get all the resources on our Facebook page which is happy and healthy mind with Dr Rosina so before diving deep i would also like to give this disclaimer that all the information shared in the program is for educational purposes and should not be considered treatment please contact your healthcare provider for specific advice today we will be discussing building resilience in youth and young adults what parents can do so dr rosina my first question to you is why do you think it's so important to build resilience and stress management especially for youth and young adults Well, because when you're stressed and it is not taken care of, it can lead to many illnesses, including depression, anxiety, even a lot of medical problems, you know, heartburn, migraine, and many others. And therefore, it's very important that we address this issue so that our kids, our youth, can be the best they could be. And you know, this is the prime time of their life and they're going to school, they want to perform well and if they develop resilience, they can handle the challenges of life much better. That's amazing. So Dr. Rosina, can you give us an example of someone who benefited from the tools which you'll share today? Yeah, so I know several of the people but I'll use example of one of the girls who approached me and she was struggling with quite a bit of stress. And see, I want to differentiate what is the difference between just feeling stress a little bit to stress reactivity to developing depression. And sometimes there's kind of it's a continuing of the same thing but with the increasing severity. And so sometimes things get mixed up and people feel confused in terms of what would help at what level 
So anyways, when somebody is just feeling a little stress, they are able to pass it. When they get into stress reactivity mode, they start having symptoms of stress reactivity or what we call adjustment disorder with depressed or anxious mood. And let me share one of the studies uh, where they reviewed what were the signs of stress that most people notice. So you see on the graph that many people, when they are in getting into the stress reactivity mode, uh, they start feeling too much tension in the body. Their whole body feels tight and sore many times. Many people feel anger. You know, the, sometimes, you know, they're really mellow otherwise, but they start having more anger problems. They feel this time urgency. They, they become a little more perfectionist. Um, they feel disappointed easily. They start feeling burnout and then their achievement starts getting affected. And so all these are signs of stress reactivity. And if this is not addressed in timely manner, it can lead to depression and worked on many of the stress management and resilience building uh, exercises. And that helped her to be now successful and happy in life. That's amazing. Wonderful, Dr. Rosina. Dr. Zina, why does mild depression get missed in youth? Well, as I was telling that that is their own emotional growth right? So they are learning to manage their emotions and they're learning to deal with a lot of changes in life. And they're kind of building new relationships. Sometimes they're kind of having to change schools or when they go to college or university, getting adjusted to newer environment, newer friends, newer demands on their life. So by itself, this is a time where the emotions run high and there is emotional fluctuation that is going on. And then on top of it, if there is high amount of stress and the stress reactivity can look like sometimes depression, sometimes not. And so many times the mild depression gets missed because people disregard that this is just, you know, teenager behavior or, you know, the youth behavior. And sometimes it doesn't get picked up until the depression becomes really severe. Thank you, Dr. Rosina. And how does mild depression differ from stress? As I was earlier saying, that it's kind of a little continuum, but there's this fine line when the stress reactivity changes into depression. And so I shared a video earlier, and I can uh, we can put the link over here too in the comment section, that the title was Depressed or Just Said Quiz. And I went through one of the clinically validated tests that we do with our patients where we kind of score or get the estimate of how severe the depression is. And so when a person is only feeling stress reactivity, their reaction is in proportion to the stress they are facing. And once the stress is over, their mood is also, get, also gets better. And then in between the time, they're still able to enjoy things. They're still able to feel the happiness. Whereas once a person starts becoming depressed, that control or that in between issues getting feeling better kind of disappears. So the person is more than often starting to feel depressed or irritable mood and they start losing interest in things that they used to enjoy before and that's kind of the one of the cardinal signs either your mood is affected or your ability to enjoy things get affected and then it starts affecting your functioning and there are 
also leads to many other symptoms of depression. And I can't go in detail of all of those, but let me just kind of briefly mention that it includes also body symptoms like sleep problem and appetite problem and energy problem. And a person may be walking or talking slower than usual or faster than usual. Their motivation and energy goes down. They could have more thought problems, like, you know, they start feeling more hopelessness, helplessness, worthlessness, or they may start thinking about death or suicide. And so all those combinations, when a person is having combination of symptoms at kind of certain severity and lasting for more than certain time, then it starts shifting from just stress reactivity to a depression. And there's kind of this intermediate diagnosis sometimes you make called adjustment disorder with depressed mood. That is kind of um, stress reactivity syndrome. Great, thank you. That was really helpful, Dr. Rosina. And what can parents do about it? What is the role of parents in all this? And so I think parents play a very big role. We did a one program on also mental health first aid. And we can give the link in the comment section for people. But uh, we talked about how parents and other adults can help identify issues at a very early stage and take intervention to prevent things from getting worse. And so if you are motivated, take the course of mental health first aid. And some of the things that we talked about at that time, the one main thing is to learn and be aware. As I said, like, you know, many times things get missed for a long time. And so just becoming aware of those helps the parent to things on time. The second big thing that is very important is to listen non-judgmentally. Because many times what happens is if somebody is saying, oh, I'm feeling bad or I'm feeling sad, sometimes we start trying to solve the problem and or, or start blaming yourself or the kids that you should not be feeling this way. The, what is there missing in your life? Everything is going well. We are taking care of you. Why are you feeling sad? And so by doing that, what you're doing is making them shut down. Mm -hmm. you sh when they shut down, then you can't, can't hear or be part of what is going on emotionally for them. So it's very, very important that parents listen non-judgmentally. Okay. And, and the third, I think, very important part is what people forget is being a role model. Mm -hmm. So taking care of yourself, working on your stress management, how you are reacting, how you are managing your anger and emotions is setting up example for your kids. So they are learning by seeing you, how you are reacting to situation. So focusing on your own mental health, focusing on your stress management, if you are having symptoms, taking getting help for yourself would play a big role in helping your kids develop this resilience that we are talking about. Amazing. That's amazing, Dr. Rosina. Dr. Rosina, wouldn't people with depression use it as an excuse for their bad behavior? This excuse or minimization of depression as an illness is used a lot. Let me clarify that if somebody wants to feign an illness, they can feign even physical illnesses. Did you did you watch that movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Mm -hmm. That always make me chuckle how this kid, because he wanted to take off from school, he feigned that he had fever. <laughs> sick and so kids are kids and even adults if they want to feign an illness they can but what as a parent what you can do is understand and emphasize that having depression 
is not in your control. But what you do about it is. So if there's an understanding of what a kid may be going through, listening to them, assessing them, and then providing the help and support rather than letting it be, oh, it is depression, so let's not do anything about it. Okay. And so, yeah, you, as a parent, you want to be vigilant, but you also want to understand when a person is depressed, it is very, very hard to say, I feel depressed. They become more angry. They lash out this change in behavior. And so you want to be aware of that and watch for it. Validate the feelings. I, uh, I can see that you are not feeling well. I can see that you're having appetite problem or sleep problem. And then once, once the kid feels heard and then they start asking question, what I can do, then you can provide the support and education and environment so that they can get better. I would like to ask you, can you share some of the tools that parents can use to help their kids manage stress reactivity and mild depression on their own? Sure. And so, you know, I, I'm going to kind of repeat some of the points from our stress to joy formula. You know, I have this book, Stress to Joy, and, you know, the course, and I talk about it in multiple programs. There are many steps that I teach in this program, and I'm going to take the simplified version of it. And that formula consists of three components, calm down, process, and respond. And let me share why I think we have to focus on all three aspects. So our mental capacity consists of not just the thoughts, but it also consists of our emotions and our behavior. So we call it the cognitive triangle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so if you want to improve your overall mental health, you need to address all three things. And so stress to joy formula, CPR, consists of these three aspects. So C for calming down helps you manage your emotions better. P is for processing. It's kind of think, processing your thoughts or thought training. You can also call it mindset training or mindset reset, where you can see if your thoughts are coming too negative, how you can modify them. And the third one is R for respond and respond in behaviorally in terms of changing your behavior. So we can talk about applications like Calm or Headspace. There's lots of YouTube videos. And so a lot of like, you know, my patient, one of my patients was saying how one of her daughters, she was having a lot of anxiety and depression, has started meditation and how calm she feels. So meditation has a very powerful effect on brain. And I think the way it works is it's basically training your brain because with so much happening all around us nowadays, our mind is kind of jumping. We call it like monkey mind. It's jumping all over and there's so much stimulation coming that our minds are not able to quiet down. So when you are practicing any kind of meditation, you are training your brain to focus on one thing. One of the concerns that a lot of people raise is they cannot sit down quietly for meditation. And for them, I suggest that you practice active meditation. Now, what is active meditation? You know, meditation means focusing on one point. 
okay it's kind of like a magnifying glass you know as a child when you used to did you ever play with this magnifying glass when you would put it on top of a paper yeah. under the sun and all the sunlight would kind of merge to one point and then it would burn the paper right meditation is like that magnifying glass that collects all your mind energy and puts it on one spot so if you are not able to sit quietly and focus on your breath meditation or some word meditation you can engage into some kind of active meditation like i have also an active mind so sometimes i i write and my writing becomes my meditation uh, my husband is an artist so he does art you can do music you can do dance so allow your kids to identify what they can focus on and then give them this opportunity to practice it regularly because it's not one time like you know if you're really really stressed and just calm down just calm down well the person is really burning and it's very hard to calm down when they're really really angry or upset so although they need to calm down at that time but what helps is a regular practice of calming down so then when they are in that situation they can calm down amazing dr zina so what can a person do for thought training or mindset training as you mentioned earlier so i called it processing or thinking through and so there are many different ways you can think through your situation and many of them are described in my program but today i'm going to talk about one of the very very powerful concept that helps a lot of my patients and i have derived it from steven covey's book seven habits of highly effective people Uh, did you ever read that book no i haven't but i will yeah it's yeah. A, it's a wonderful book and uh, it's on leadership development it's a little dense <laughs> so read it as a sleeping pill and it would help you fall asleep <laughs> so anyways you see these two circles over here the outside circle is up a little all right so and that is called circle of concern this includes everything that you're concerned about what is happening in the world what is happening politically what is happening in your country what is happening around you whether it be covid-19 with whatever is happening in school or what is happening in your family and the inside circle is your circle of influence which means what you can do about it to influence this situation the things that you are concerned about you know with your words with your action with your attitude what is in your influence is your inner circle the most important thing that i realize with this is that the more you focus on outside factors things that are not in your influence what he did what she did what other people are doing the smaller your circle of influence gets and the more you focus on inside your circle what you can do with your action with your words the bigger your circle of influence gets so what do you want do you want to have a smaller circle of influence a bigger circle of influence bigger circle of influence for sure so what you want to do is then you want to focus on inside circle and that way you can increase your influence this is one of the diagram that was shared by one of my clients and see how she increased her inner circle and then she called it circle of power this okay. is what she can do her own self care 
her own emotions, her health. And so as parents, when you focus on your circle of influence and take care of yourself, your influence would increase. And it would also help your kids. Also teach this to your kids that the more you focus on what is in your influence, the bigger your power would get. And the more you focus on things outside your circle, the smaller your circle of influence would get. And there are many other ways of processing and thinking through. And we use in, in treatment, we use something called cognitive behavior therapy, where we help a person learn how to get rid of their automatic negative thoughts. Automatic negative thoughts are also called ends. And we teach them how to identify those thoughts. So again, it starts with thought awareness. Once you are aware what your thoughts are, then you can shift them. You can do a flip the switch. You can replace it with uh, more adaptive thoughts. So sometimes we call these negative thoughts also automatic cognition or automatic thoughts. And once you learn to identify them, then you can learn to change them or modify them to more adaptive thoughts or more helpful thoughts. You can also call them hurtful to helpful thoughts. I was listening to Russell Wilson yesterday and he talks about neutral thoughts. When you are in this whole negative state, when so many negative things are happening, it is very hard to think positive. But even if you can't think positive, just get into the neutral state. Just stop having that negative cycle. And so Russell Wilson is a great model for sharing with your kids. And I was listening to his TED talk that you can also share with your kids about shifting the negative thoughts to neutral thoughts so that you can stay in the moment and take the steps to get better. Thank you, Dr. Rajina. But I have noticed that sometimes kids get upset when you tell them not to think negatively. What should parents do in such a situation? Let me ask you as an adult, if I tell you, don't think that, that is not right, that is going to cause problems, stop thinking that way, think this way, how would you feel? Um, I won't like it. Yeah, even as an adult, we won't okay, like it. Yes. And so kids also would not like if you tell them. But if you listen to them, allow them to come to their own decision, as you model to them, as you offer alternative, as an alternative for them to think rather than forcing them to think they are more likely to hear but kids are kids and parenting is not easy so you'll have to go through your own process of learning i'm still learning <laughs> and it is still hard hard many times for me so but kind of if you remember the principles listen non-judgmentally validate and then provide the support and alternative instead of forcing it that you should think this way or should not think this way. Thank you, Dr. Rosina. And what can a person do to change his or her behavior? So there are many things you can do. And we did one whole program on wellness practices and we can share the link with our audience. I did a program with Dr. Sandra Jane and it was about Five, well, five wellness practices that they have studied with people with depression and anxiety. Although these wellness practices have been validated and researched in many situations, they studied in people who have already had depression and anxiety, and they found that you can decrease the depression and anxiety by 30 to 40%. And so when you practice these wellness practices, 
apply in your life and apply for your kids, you can decrease their stress level, their risk for depression, and allow them to be the best they could. And the, I cannot go in the details of all, but let me just briefly mention the, these five were good nutrition. Mm -hmm. And we did another program with Dr. Naidu also on food and mood. The other one was a uh, good sleep. And we again did another program on sleeping naturally. And we can share the links of these programs. Mm -hmm. The third one was exercise and exercise is known to produce this endorphin in the body that uplifts your mood. So it helps both your physical, physically and mentally. The fourth one is meditation. And we just talked about meditation and how it helps. And then fifth one is social connectedness. And this becomes very, very important for youth and young adults because the friends is very important at this age. And so with the COVID-19, as we had to isolate so much, there was a more disconnect in this, in this area. And so I'm really glad that uh, we were able to, many of the parents were able to get their kids to be able to connect with their friends video by video and phone. And so allow your kids to have that social connectedness, both with their peers and other adults, help them participate in the activities where they would connect with others. So as they build more social connectedness, they would be able to decrease their stress better and prevent the depression. And one of the things with the wellness program, they say connecting with at least two people every day. So as an adult, if you are not connecting with at least two people every day, you should also start doing that. So behaviorally, you can develop these healthy habits. And as in my book, I call them happy habits. So develop healthy habits and happy habits and avoid unhealthy habits, smoking, drug, you know, different kinds of addictions. And so avoid those and watch what you are putting in your body because all those things affect your mood. Your mind is not a separate organ. It is part of your body. So when as a parent, you will bring healthy food in the home, your kids would get the chance of uh, eating healthy. When you would have structured sleep timing, your kids are more likely to be able to sleep better too. If you are an outgoing parent, if you are doing exercise regularly, your parent, your kids are likely to do the exercise. And I know meditation-wise, it is hard, especially for the younger kids, to sit for too long without doing anything. And therefore, I said you can use more active meditation with them. Do competition, like in a one-minute competition that we are going to counter breath or, you know, we're going to look at a tummy rising up and down while you can put a little toy on their tummy and see going up and down. And that's kind of different games that you can play to develop more mindfulness and meditation for kids. And so that way, by taking care of yourself and doing your own stress management and resilience training, you would also help your kids, including youth and young adults, to develop better habits that would make them more resilient. Dr. Rosina, you mentioned different stress management techniques um, to overcome mild depression and stress. So what would be the next level of care if someone who is practicing these self-care techniques, if these practices don't work, what would be the next level of care? Well, if symptoms continue and one is not able to manage by themselves, then it's the time to get professional help. And so seek a therapist and start with psychotherapy. That the person can help your child or yourself 
develop more mind mind management tool so that you can overcome the mild depression but if it is not working then you can go for medications or advanced treatment we would be talking next week one of our guests is going to be talking about how he overcame his mild depression with self work and mindset training and so remember to join next week for that thank you dr rosina and what can happen if parents don't help their children build resilience well as we talked about in this earlier that if we don't address stress at this level it has chances of increasing to develop mental illnesses and physical illnesses but more than that it would rob your kids from being able to do the best at this time and so you want to help them develop these tools so that they can enjoy their life the most get the most benefit out and be the best they could be in their life can parents control it completely no and that's why i was talking about the circle of concern and a circle of influence it is not in your control to completely control your kids or make them do or say or behave in a certain way but you can influence so use your influence and you know depression and other illnesses are biological illnesses too and so like in diabetes you cannot control or stop diabetes from happening but practicing good healthy habits you can decrease the chances of diabetes from happening and decrease the chances of it getting worse if it happens similarly when you develop these mind healthy habits you can decrease the chances of mental illness from happening and reduce the severity if they do happen thank you dr rosina for a very informative session dr rosina why don't you tell us about your new book all right and so i've been talking about a new book it is coming along and i think i am pretty close to choosing the title how to dodge depression practical guide for parents what do you think about that title it's amazing thank you and so this would have combination of some of the tools that i was talking about today but i will describe these five lines of defense against depression to empower parents so that they can help their kids to prevent depression in the first place but if it happens to take steps to reduce the severity and prevent it from getting worse consequences i can't wait to read your book so, dr zina what resource are you going to share today with our audience Well one of the resources that I was going to share was that a circle of power that I showed but I thought okay today is the world mental health day so why don't we have a bigger gift so today I'm sharing a free copy of my stress to joy uh, ebook and so if you guys send us the text joyful to 38470 we'll send you a link to get the free download of stress to joy Dr. Rosina let's end today's program with your special thank you so much all right so i am really excited about today's special and i thought because world mental health day instead of telling you to do something else i'm going to share what i do to help my mental health and so one of the tools that i use which i have talked about in past and i have a video also is called emotional coping account 
And so you have a bank account, right? Do you? Yes. And so you have some check, you know, some checks going out and some deposits going in. Yeah, exactly. What happens if your deposits don't go in, but the checks keep on coming out? What the would happen to you? Get empty. Right. Your checks would start bouncing. Yeah. Right. And so you want to build your emotional coping account and that's how you develop your resilience towards any unintended stress that may come, uninvited stress that may come. If you have good balance, you'd be able to handle it. So one of the tools that I use is called my deposit list. And so on my phone, I have in my to-do list, there's a task called deposit list. So every day I look at my deposit list and see, okay, today, what deposit I am going to put in my emotional coping account. And so I have all this big list and I kind of go through and try to choose one deposit that I can do. And today is the World Mental Health Day and therefore, I would recommend everybody to choose some deposit that you put in your emotional coping account. And for me, my deposits include a mindful shower, a relaxing bath, watching a movie, talking to a friend, doing some coloring, looking at nature, reading a nice book, spending time with my family and list goes on. So I just kind of go through the list and choose one of the deposits for my for my emotional coping account on a big day like this I would deposit more than one. So please share in your in the comments what is one deposit that you are going to put in your emotional coping account today. And on that note, stay happy and healthy. Keep taking steps towards your happy and healthy mind. Uh, thank you for joining. Till next time, Dr. Rosina.